Hello and welcome to the Sharper Than the Sword podcast, where we discuss the power of God's word in a practical way. In the next three episodes, we are going to be discussing what it means to treasure God's word. There are three parts to this. Number one, treasuring God's word causes our hearts to be united and purified. Number two, treasuring God's word causes us to focus on his promises, therefore giving us hope and joy. Number three, treasuring God's word causes us to grow in holiness. Now, immediately before we even get into the episode today, I want to lay out a key difference between unbelievers and believers. There is this myth going around that if you put a Bible in front of an unbeliever, he won't understand any of it. That's how special God's word is, that nothing will make sense to the unbeliever, and this is just simply not true. One can be an unbeliever and simply be interested in the many vivid stories in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, and the unbeliever can also academically study the Bible as literature or, you know, historical narratives, they can believe the Bible with all of their heart and still not be a believer. So the key difference is between the person, the unbeliever, who reads God's word merely academically or is interested, and then the believer that treasures God's word, that takes it and longs for it like pure milk, like First Peter says. So what exactly does treasuring God's word mean? Well, in Job 23, 12, it says, I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than the portion of food. Now, immediately in this passage, we have two competing things that somebody focuses their attention on. It's food or God's word. And I think food here represents something more than food. It's something that our flesh wants and needs and therefore something that we can taste and touch and trust. But here Job is saying, I have treasured the words of my God more than the food that I need to eat every day. So why do we treasure God's word? Because it should be the ultimate source of joy in our lives. It should be the ultimate source of hope in our lives. Sure, food might be enjoyable for us as maybe we're hungry and we eat a meal and we feel much better and we know that it's something that we need. Um, And even a great meal that has, you know, great like, you know, eating a great piece of grilled salmon or a burger or whatever it is, it's enjoyable for us. However, God's word should be the first thing that we go to for spiritual satisfaction rather than things that we think we need. God's word is the one thing that we need and should be the ultimate source of joy in our lives. Now, this concept can be demonstrated in Deuteronomy 8.3, where again we see food and God's word competing in the same passage. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So what do we see here? We see man living on God's word rather than food. Is that saying that the Christian life consists of completely giving up food? No, because that would mean we would die. But what it does mean is that God's word is more valuable to us than our life itself. God's word is more important to us than our life itself. We die to ourselves. We give up everything in pursuit of who God is. 
Now, during this part of the series, we want to explore this question. Why should we focus our heart on him? This is a great uh, this is a great question because most of our Christian life is centered around this very principle. If our hearts are meditating on the things of this world like food or clothing or anything else like that that is represented by food in these two different passages that we just read, we will inevitably fall into the things of this world and prioritize those things more than God's word and his promises. In fact, one of the Beatitudes relates to this. It says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. What does this mean? It means that those who will see God are pure in heart. A great example of somebody who desired to be pure in heart was David, who in Psalm 51 prayed for God to create in him a clean heart and that the Lord would purify his heart with hyssop so that his heart would be cleansed. So this shows us that pure hearts are seeking God and not the things of this world. Now, Psalm 86.11 expands on this idea of a pure heart. It says, Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. Here it is. Pure in heart in this verse implies that the heart is naturally divided because David calls for the Lord to purify his heart. There are two things to see here. Number one, David does not simply fix the condition of his heart because he can't. It causes the Lord to change hearts. And that is exactly what Jesus goes to when he comes on earth and he challenges all the different, you know, pharisaical people at that time. He confronts this idea that we need to be externally righteous because the real problem is that we all fall short of the glory of God and that our hearts are deceitfully wicked. And that is only something that God can do in us as he's done with everybody else. So what God is concerned about is the heart and God is the only one who can change the heart. So as we can see, if we direct our attention to God in his word, it results in our hearts seeking after him more. So we mentioned that the first thing to see here in, uh, in, in Psalm 86, 11 is that the Lord changes the heart. And that's what David is calling upon. And that's why David was counted righteous because he sought after the Lord to change his heart. But number two, unite my heart to fear your name. That implies that there's division between flesh and spirit, flesh and God. The two are not able to be compatible. They are utterly opposed to each other. So our hearts are naturally divided in not seeking the things of God. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitfully wicked above all things and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? Paul says this in Romans 8, 7, For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So as we can see, the heart preoccupies itself with the things of the flesh, and this is its natural desire. The desire we must cry out for is a purification of our hearts so that it is no longer desiring the things of this world. Our hearts must be united to fear God's name. This is only something that God can do because an unregenerated heart that is hostile to God is unable to focus on heavenly things. The place we go to for the purification of our hearts is ultimately God's word. The more we meditate on it, the more we will be filled with the things of God and the promises of God, which we'll cover in our next episode, rather than be filled with the things of this world. Here's a practical example. 
I go on YouTube and I watch videos of people drinking, smoking, and cussing. My heart is naturally desiring these types of things, but I am not focusing on the things of God when I'm watching these types of videos. Therefore, I cannot expect the meditations of my heart to be pleasing to God because I'm exposing myself to the wrong things. In order for us to be pure in heart, we must dive deep into the treasures of God's word. And indeed, we must think of it as a treasure. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. It is living and active, and it judges the thoughts and intentions of the heart. God's word will help us to become more pure because it allows our hearts to focus on him rather than the things of this world. Thank you so much for tuning in to Sharper Than the Sword. I really hope that this was a blessing to you, and if you would, I'd really appreciate it if you would subscribe and stay tuned, because next episode, we are going to be talking about uh, why we should focus on God's promises and how we can be filled with hope and joy from those promises. It's going to be a really great episode, and I really hope that you enjoy it.